Sit your ass Sit your down, ass down. Sit your ass Sit down, down. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Strap in, strap in. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. This is gonna hurt. It's time for the Suffering Podcast. Thinking clearly means that we're capable of being the curators of our own information. Consider the source of everything you hear and do your research to uncover the validity. The facts are often skewed and the purpose is unclear. In the last 50 years, how much information was fed to the masses that was simply untrue or misrepresented? Egg yolks, not more than 20 to 30 years ago, were seen as artery-clogging junk food, where now they're lauded as the most complete and perfect form of nutrition. This is but one example of how misinformation gets taken on as fact. Information is a valuable commodity that can be used to sway public opinion. Those that control the source of this information have an enormous amount of power and responsibility. We must make sure we choose wisely the source of our truth. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felice, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we welcome back our very good friend, Diana McElroy, to talk about the suffering of cannabis. Diana has done a deep dive into her industry to become a voice of reason reason in pretty much a chaotic industry. Thank you so much for coming back in today. Thank you for having me. Well, I mean, it's good that someone really knows the ins and outs of it because... I couldn't tell you the first thing about it anymore. Well, uh, you know, he doesn't remember anything. (laughs) (laughs) You hear so much. You know, you don't, you don't know which side to believe. I I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm pro or, or, or anti. You're pro. You just don't know it. You're a closeted pro. He's closeted in other things. (laughs) I was smoking out in the car before I got here. Before we get into anything, let's thank our marquee sponsor, Toyota of Hackensack. We buy our cars from Toyota of Hackensack because we know we can trust them. We don't trust everybody in life. So if you're looking for a car, go to toyotahackensack.com. Let them find you a car. You also know the people of Toyota Hackensack I was well. just about to say, oddly, I have a Toyota of Hackensack car. Yes. 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 Uh, Tell me they don't treat you the best. Well, they kind of have to. They're also, you know, yes. They're yeah, very good friends. They're very good friends. And yes. yeah, yeah. No, the best. Yeah. But everybody across the board, when I went there, yes. it's they treated me like I wasn't just a number. No. You know, that's that's yeah. that's one of those high anxiety things that you have to do in life. Yes. It's like go to the dentist, public speak, and go buy a car. Yes. And you know all salesmen just lie, blatantly lie to your face, you know, well, this is going to be your price. And then you go to the finance department, they add on this and this and this and this. And, now, and Toyota, they give you the... Toyota Hack Attack yep. is legit. They're yep. legit across the board. Well, Mike and I's connection comes from Toyota. Yeah. Years ago, before I was a cop, I sold cars. Oh, I didn't I know I sold that. Toyotas. Oh. And I sold Toyotas. That's why I became a copy. wasn't too good at <laughs> yeah. selling cars. I sold Toyotas with Mike's brother. brother. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. That's cool. So one of one of uh, our, our one of the owners of Toyota Hackensack is Freddie Radelick, and he he had a very good friend who Frank and I, his Mike's brother, used to work with, who has since passed away. But he was a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Billy was a great guy. But anyway, Di- Wait, before we go, she said you get your cars from Toyota Hackensack before we started recording. What did you say you bought a case of also? Oh, I actually ordered this last time I was on. See, it's yeah. great stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to try the, yeah. the, the ma- she, I got mango. He's got, you got the black cherry? Or no, just I got the regular. Okay. Black I, I think we drank ourselves out of black it? cherry. Yeah, black cherry is amazing. Okay. Like, that's my so, favorite. Okay. So okay. Diana ordered some caffeine because of us. <laughs> a lot. You're welcome, Ron. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about today. Yes. But before we get into anything, I want to get into this week's social media question. And it comes from Vinny. Vinny writes, what information that you previously thought to be true that is now proven to be false? I will say I was going to pick on runners because I was talking to a couple of runners and then I'm going to retract it because I do think running is hard on your body, but it is healthy. So if anyone's doing anything healthy for their body, I just am always mindful of how much wear and tear we put on our bodies. Well, the theory behind running in the past 
people were just pushing the limits and yes. pushing the limits yes. and they weren't scaling it back, either taking time off. The stretching is so important. And, stretching and rest. Yes. And rest is one of the biggest things yes. for runners. You and, see these guys running every day. It's like, well, they came out with a book born to run and the guy ends up dying of a heart attack in his mid fifties because he was pushing the gas tank. He always, he always subscribed to the theory that if you get the furnace hot enough, it'll burn anything. So he was putting garbage into his body. Yep. And he was also pushing his his heart rate above the threshold into the cardio range rather than the fat range, and he just he wars he actually caused aortic tears. Wow! From and, the bouncing. And for me, I think about like your hips, your your knees, your ankles. You know, you're constantly pounding on pavement. If you're not running on a soft surface, you're actually hurting your back. You know. Um, well, that, that's all these runs, these five k runs, ten k's, half marathons, mar- yep. they're all on the street. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no give on that. No. I don't care isn't. how much cushion you have in your shoes. Yeah. And believe me, I used to be a runner. I, I wound up giving it up a couple of years ago, but it was that constant pounding that killed me. And I think it's, I think it's a healthy thing because it lets people get away from their issues. It gets it's clear. It's therapy. Yeah, it That's is exact- therapy. It is a form of therapy, but I always think like, you know what, but be mindful of what that therapy is doing to your body. Mike, what do you think? You know, back in the day, both of us, you know, we, we both played football as kids and, you know, you were always given a, a quick water break and they tell you, you know, <laughs> just salt go. Pills. go yeah. They used to give you salt tablets. Yep. And they used to go tell you, rinse out your mouth. Don't swallow any water because they thought water was bad for you. It was going to bloat wow. you and you couldn't play. And I mean, was that now, the dinosaur age? Cause just about, yeah. Le- <laughs> leather helmets and all that stuff. <laughs> but that was the you, truth. You know, I could yeah. tell she's a friend of yours. She started in already. I mean, we're not even five I'm minutes. Very I'm I very comfortable. I prepped Diana. I said, break yeah. his balls yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah like, but I mean, that, that's one thing. They they told you, you sh- couldn't drink water. It's you amazing, know, you, right? Crazy. They told you, just rinse your mouth out, spit it back in the fountain and go. Well, think about how and, and doctors used to tell women that it's okay to smoke. Doctors, my, my and while yeah, while pregnant, you know, I have a visual of someone in my family, big pregnant with an ashtray on her belly, <laughs> smoking away. And there was nothing like we didn't recoil from the image. Now, if you saw it, especially in like our civilized world, we'd be like, oh, my God, you we know, know better. I we saw do a, picture better. Pos- a picture popped up on Instagram the other day, and it was a guy laying in a hospital bed and two nurses holding out like cases of like cigarettes like oh which one would you like and they used to smoke in hospitals back in the day airplanes yeah i I asked my grandfather this question so my grandfather was a smoker until he hit like 50 and then just stopped yeah i said you know he said oh i smoked when i was younger and i said yeah but you you guys didn't know that it was bad and he he looked at me right in the eye and he goes we knew well he he said that he goes we knew well let me tell you my smoking story because it relates back to cannabis okay or back then it was weed I went to a party with much older kids and it was the first time I actually consumed and we went and we didn't know a, we we really weren't like the partying kids. It was me and two girlfriends. We went and we had some alcohol and then a joint was handed to us. None of us knew how to inhale. So we're coughing and we're like, Oh my God, this hurts. We made such fools of ourselves that the very next day we went out and bought cigarettes. Okay. And we all three ended up being smokers. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> but, but cigarette smokers, not weed smokers. Right. All three of us, I smoked for 10 years. I'm not proud to say that, but like I say to my girls now, I'm going to be 50 this year. And I'm like, see these lines, these wouldn't be here if I had no, if I had followed my own, you know, internal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had it stuck to my own internal, you know, knowledge, but kids think they're they're going to live forever, that nothing's going to change about their skin, their they know health. Oh, my God. They know yes. everything. We knew everything when, they, when we were their age also, you know. I see. It's funny because I don't think I was ever spoken to the way I talked to my girls, like skin oh. damage. You know, mm. I was like the sun was the sun made you look healthy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I still think that a certain a kiss of sun is OK. Well, the vitamin. But, yes. The vitamin D, the vitamin K. Yes. yes it yes. is. Absolutely. You're true. It's but. True. Laying out in the sun and, you know, the I leather, mean, the leather, the, the leather woman, the leather. Yeah. You, you've seen them. Yes. Seen them. <laughs> Listen, when I came back from five weeks in Japan, I was a different color because I actually believe it or not tan. And now when I look at like the skin damage, I'm like, oh, what did well, I do to myself? Two bouts of skin cancer. Oh, wow. Malignant melanoma here. I had another thing up here. I had them both taken out. Wow. 
Yeah. For me, it's pretty simple. And it has a lot to do with diet. I mean, you could yep. go with the food pyramid, which was lauded as, as law, and that was wrong. But I'm going to pick out one thing is, is butter versus margarine. They were always told you don't don't have butter. Butter clogs your arteries. It's bad for you. To, it, use margarine. Margarine yeah. is is solidified vegetable oil. What they're finding now is vegetable oil is a lot of the reason. It's like radiation into yep. your body. And think about the the way the food pyramid. We get into. I mean, I could go on and on about this stuff. We uh, obesity is at an epidemic level because of the way the food pyramid was. Now yep. the food pyramid is upside down, where. Fats don't make you fat. Eating cholesterol does not give you high cholesterol. And these are the new studies. But they were lauded as, as truth. Yeah. Well, because who was lobbying? Probably the margarine companies yeah, exactly. who had the louder. Really, unfortunately, especially in America, it's who is leading with the dollars. You know, that's the campaign. Who has the loudest voice and the most money. That's, yes. that's nothing yes. new. You know that's nothing new. No. So the common misconception is that Christopher Columbus... Um, raped, pillaged, and tortured the indigenous people. Do you know there's no proof of that? I know you've heard it, and I know you've heard it. There was absolutely no, there was one, pla one place where it's written, and it was his biggest adversary who wrote a book, who wrote an article that Columbus did this. Just think about the person that likes you the least. And I'm not telling, I'm not no, picking no, no. on your husband. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not picking on he your husband. He loves me. He's so he into me. It's that 30 years, dude. But think about that. That God is loud. It is truth. I was taught that as a child. And there's one piece of writing that says that one. So I, it's, it's funny because Christopher Columbus, all these, all these symbols of America are changing, right? The, the idea of who they are. He did come to a country where people already existed and said, I'm taking this because that was the way. That was, it really was like America, people conquer, they still do, you know, it's just unfortunately the, the, the way the world works. Look what's happening in Ukraine right now. You know, Russia is going after their resources. That's why they're attacking another country. They don't have the resources. So they're going after a vibrant country that does. It's unfortunately, I don't know if mankind can ever get themselves out of that spiral. I think it's, but, I think it's, you know, cycle. it's funny though, but what in history is really Solid truth. Well, history is written by the victors. All right. So, yeah. so just a quick yeah, yeah. quick note on Ukraine, just to, to segue into our next section, is you remember Rocky IV? Mm -hmm. Ivan Drago was a Russian. And if you watch the Creed II, he's now Ukrainian. Because where he lived, Ukraine broke away from Russia. So I'll tell you, as a citizen of Poland and as a child of Soviet Poland, um, it's not made up stories. <laughs> I'm here to witness. I'm here to witness and tell you that at 16, when we landed, it was the first time I was allowed to go back to Poland because I had papers. I had my green card. Finally, the Russian soldiers were on the tarmac, just moving us along with their rifles because they owned our country. So I'm here to, to say not always. Poland's had a, had a rough, rough history. Oh, it's, I it's mean, terrifying. all the concentration camps were in Poland. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and Poland was hit by World War II by both sides. Yeah. It was Stalin on one side and, you know, Hitler on the other side. Um, and it was just, they came in, they took what they wanted. And Poland is a landlocked country with a lot of resources. And that's why, you know, it's scary. Everything that's happening in Ukraine. We're, they we're got Kabasi in Poland. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's it's funny because you were on our show. God, I think you... Before now that we know that she's Polish, no big words and talk slow, right? <laughs> okay, Diana, go ahead. Oh, boy. Uh, can we get a translator, Drew? Pull out your Polish dictionary. It's like one page. No, I'm all, I'm all like, I'm all like, oh, that was a good one. Come on. Wait, am I allowed to? Is, can I? <laughs> that was, that was, that was quick. That, yeah, yeah. That was quick. So you were on our show, uh, God, I, I'm going to say episode 14 something. Yeah. That was a long time oh, ago. Well, it was right after I got on. Your she episode, was one of the first ones that I did, I think. Yeah, your episode is now going to be eighty-five. Wow! So wow. We're, we're moving up in the world. Yeah. So I and I, I, and I still in my head feel like I I'm twenty-seven. I, <laughs> I don't know if we're moving up in the world or staying on the same thing, but we've been doing this a long time. We've been doing this a while. Yeah, yeah. I love the new studio, by yeah, the way. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. I love it. Yeah. What's the matter? You didn't like coming to my basement no more? So um, my dog. Yeah. No, I was nice to see Trish and the dog, and yeah. yeah. But this is this is a nice setup. I miss Mandy. <laughs> Missing, yeah. That's unfortunately got to look at me every week. Yeah, no kidding. So let's give let's give our audience a little recap of Diane McElroy. Sure. All right. So go ahead. 
Um, so I am someone who in 2018, I'm going to speak about myself in regards to cannabis and the industry that I work in. Um, I looked around and decided that it was a viable industry, something that I wanted to get into. Um, and also I realized that my smart friends, the CEO, CFO friends were smoking cannabis again. Like they had all dropped it and they were into cigars and they were all into bourbons and whiskeys. And now I'd go to a party and everyone's passing a joint. I'm like, huh? So I got a job with a multi-state operator. They came into my town. They opened a cultivation site. I went and introduced myself and said, hey, are you guys going to be hiring? I'm very into what you're doing. Um, Did you have a job at the time or were you were you unemployed at the time? I was between jobs. Okay. So I was looking for something to get me back into an industry. That's um, scary. Yeah. That's scary to start a whole brand new career at, you know, yeah. as an adult. Almost on a whim too. Yeah. Well, you know what? It kind of was a whim and it kind of wasn't a whim because I was, I, I had been calling around and looking into like, what is the cannabis sales about? And really all I understood was the dispensary side, the retail side. Um, friends who were patients at the time, cause it was just medical, um, took me to dispensaries with them. Um, and it was just like getting, gaining the more information I got, the more into it I became. And they hired me virtually on the spot to be a consultant. Um, and my role was to go to the municipalities and learn why are people against this and, you know, how can we talk to them and, and educate? So you were um, like an investigative reporter. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, it was kind of funny because I would go to the town hall meetings and there was one group that had formed because they were against the cultivation site. And I would just sit there and listen and take notes. And I realized most of what they were saying was just to your point, made up stuff because they had decided in their heads they were against this location um, because prior to it being a cultivation site, it had been a farm for 100 years owned by a family. And it was going to be turned, I remember this because yep. it was going to be turned into housing. And nobody wants housing developed in their town. No. Nobody. No. So do you want a cannabis grow farm or do you want high rise apartments? Yep. What do you want? And, and you know, it was, and it's funny because the, the site stayed the same, everything and the neighbors quieted down, but... I so I got into the industry and I was very fortunate because I got to work at a cultivation site and then we opened two dispensaries and I got to be, you know, the face of the company and the point person between the municipalities. So I was allowed to garner a lot of experience within the industry. And now that we're adult use, I'm still one of the first original in New Jersey. Well, that's what's really changed since the last time we sat down. Cannabis pioneer. Yes. Yes. Look yes. at you. Like, I know. The, I am. We're, we're, among, Lewis, we're among royalty. The Lewis and Clark of cannabis. <laughs> the Princess Diana of weed. Yeah. No, no, no. she wasn't. a. No, that's not a good analogy. No, no. It's, it's Lewis and Clarkski. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But that's I, what's I'm changed. I'm giving you your just do. Go ahead. That's what's changed from yeah. the last time we sat down is now it has been approved. Yep. For adult use. Yep. And I had some hesitation the last time we spoke. And my hesitation for voting against it was, you know, my opinions, I don't care either way. Like, I'm not worried about the, the danger of it. I was more worried about where the money was going and who was going to take over the industry. Um, the politicians, without getting into a political debate, it, the politicians were pushing very hard for it, which scared me more yeah. than anything. When you know the politicians are, are pushing hard for it, you know they're there's something in it for them. They got an inside track well, on something. I will say in this one in this one instance, the politicians were pushing hard for it because their con- contingencies were pushing hard for it. So the people voting them in, I mean, it got voted in sixty seven percent. Most of New Jerseyanites were like, "Listen." If I want to smoke cannabis, I want to smoke cannabis. Or if I want to, you know, partake in an edible, I want to be allowed to take. And or it started really with the wave of patients who were coming out and saying, this really changed my life. Like this really has changed my grandmother's life. And the voices started getting louder and louder and louder. And the politicians started tuning in. Well, Well, I mean, they proved that medicinal use was helping a lot of people. Well, that's like whether it be. PTSD or, or any kind of like And this injury is the way I always say, it is whether you're using it recreationally or adult use, 
it's still a plant-based medicine. So you're going to get benefits from it. So you're going to get the anti-inflammatory benefits from it. You're going to get the, you know, and depending on your THC level, like you might get a heady high or you might not. Like there's so many variables with this plant. Well, that's that's like our, our one, we, one of our sponsors is XBody. So go to XBodyUS.com right here in Wayne. And uh, but that's that's about overall health and wellness to your body. And they can yep. do several different medical tests on you to find out what's going on. And it might it might lead to your industry. But getting back to the, the political version of and it, it should, because it is uh, health and body. I mean, that's one of the reasons I found passion in it. I, I agree with you on a lot of these things. But the, the political side of it, I just noticed that Pfizer got involved. Yeah. All right. And that that bothers me because. When when politicians don't do anything without ulterior motives, they just don't. Yep. And once Pfizer got involved, my senses went up and I'm like, oh. Listen, all the lobby, the big lobbies are going to come after it because it's an industry that is going to make money, is making money. And it's a new, you know, they're hiring, they're building. They like it involves so much monetary gain within a state that it enters. Um, but the politicians are going to make money also. That's, that's what bothers that, that's me. That's what bothers me the most about it. These yeah. politicians, they're driving bigger cars now. Where you're, oh. you're like a mom and pop. Okay. I consider you yep. a small. And I'm also not plan touching. So that's like, you know, I'm within the cannabis space, but I'm also not someone who cultivates, and, cultivates yeah. sells. Like I, I'm completely not plant touching. So you're not a drug dealer. I'm not a drug dealer. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But, what I'm what I'm saying is on the is, surface she's not you know maybe. <laughs> you have yeah, Home Depot yeah. which took away all the home uh, the 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 family owned hardware, hardware stores, stores yeah. yep and I see this because there's there's money there yep. you know and I see Pfizer coming in and trying to do the same thing with the mom and pop cannabis stores oh 100%. and that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me a hundred percent but here's the problem are you into cap- capitalism because if you are then that's just a natural progression. And it, it's sad to say that because I don't agree with it to your point, but it's just how the world works. And if you have something viable, then people are going to come after it. Cannabis or hemp even was viable years ago, but it was threatening someone's bottle, uh, bottom line. William so, Randolph Hearst. So they went after it. Yeah. They went after it. The Marijuana Tax Act of 1938 was written on his behest. You were, you were there when they wrote that word. I was. I actually I think he signed it. I yeah. actually signed it. But the, the <laughs> right, right under John Hancock. I've read the Marijuana Tax Act of nineteen thirty eight in preparation for your first show. Yep. And it is laced with incredibly racist points of view. We, we got into that the, on the, yeah. on the last episode. Which and that's yeah. that's something that like has to be spoken about because you know New Jersey is basing a lot of their um application process on social equity. Why? Because this was a plant. Imagine, like, you're Italian, right? No. No? God, bite your tongue. He's Italian. Okay, you're Italian. Imagine you can't grow a tomato, but it's part of. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, (laughs) So, speaking in my ear. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So. You know, you you you're being told that you can't grow a tomato, and the tomatoes are outlawed. But more than prior to that, you were told you have to grow tomatoes. Tomatoes are going to sustain this entire country. They're a good, you know, they're a good source of vitamin C, vitamin blah blah. blah. That's what happened with hemp. Hemp was actually on its road to being, replacing paper. Re- it, yeah. Replacing paper. Right when the legalization um, prohibition happened, they actually had a prototype car made completely out of hemp. And the, and then uh, the movie Reefer Madness was made. And could you imagine? But do you know what growing are, tomatoes? You know what growing tomatoes does to Italians? What makes you grow chest hair and and you you sprout gold neck chains? <laughs> doesn't make you lose. Hold on. Doesn't make you lose your head hair. <laughs> Hold on. You know who I'm talking about? Your Take it easy. Take it easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's what a tomato does. That's yeah. what a tomato does. Yeah, but, but you know, I mean, without weed back in the day, where would Cheech and Chong be? <laughs> oh, it wouldn't you be know? as funny. But they yeah. took that acid. They took a lot of acid too. So that was that was a different thing. But so the industry is is changing. Yes, and it's growing. And I like the small business owner. I yeah. I do. And I'm always a champion of the small business owner. Big corporate people come in because a small business owner they're going to have employees. They might not have as many employees, but they're going to treat their employees like family. 
And most of them, like, so that's why New Jersey is trying to get the legacy growers and um, the people in the legacy market to come into it legally. Because what, what is a legacy grower? So it used to be called the black market. It's the guys that were selling prior to being legalized. Now in New Jersey, New York, a lot of the states are saying, we want to find an entry point for you guys to come in. So you're no longer... The, the guys that were illegally growing it back in the day. Yes. The guys who know growing, how to grow it and... Illegally growing, illegally selling, distributing. Those are the guys that we're trying to pull into the legal market. So they're the heroes now. And they're the guys that we used to lock up back in the day yeah. during our career. How yeah. sad is that? Yeah, and crazy. now, and because someone arbitrarily decided that this plant, think about that. Okay. This plant is illegal. Like that's the crazy part to me is, you know, do I see certain issues with the plant? Yes. You were going to touch upon driving while, you know, that's, that's my sticking point. I know, with, I know, I know. And that's, that's a the, lot there's of people. No, listen, with alcohol, you got what they, they used to have the breathalyzer. Now they have an alcohol test. They could tell spot on at that point, how much alcohol you have in your system. There's no way of checking for that with, with well, cannabis. And there's, and it's being, um, it is something that people bring up all the time because there is a fear that someone who is altered or impaired is going to hurt someone. But studies have shown that in, in states where it's been legalized, there hasn't been a rise in, and I, I have a theory behind it. I think because there's a rise in accidents. Cause I spoke with a cop out in, uh, from Denver. See, there, there's a rise in accidents, but they're not, they're like, 20 mile an hour. Accident. But now, well, now if, because if, people are paranoid and when you're driving impaired, um, you're, you're a lot more conscious that, you know, we're drunks. Think about like alcohol, how alcohol makes you act physically versus cannabis, right? Cannabis, you're kind of zoned in alcohol. You're a little bit more. Yeah. But hitting a, that kid running out in the street, it doesn't matter. 20 miles I, an hour, not, 30 miles an hour. What's your response time? What's your reflexes at the point? But getting back to that driving, yep. I got a funny story for you. We oh, did. your friend who was driving. Yeah. Oh, wow. You told me this one. This is a great story. We, we had a friend of ours that he took an, an edible one day and he was driving to his friend's house and he's going on Route 80 and he's sitting there and the edible just started kicking in, you know, as he's driving. Yeah. He said, I could feel it from my head down. It just started like, and I'm slumping. He said, I pull over to the slow lane. He said, I'm driving. He said, all these cars are just flying past me. And I'm sitting there, and, and the guy's sitting there going, like, where are the troopers? These guys are like, they're doing like 100 miles an hour. He looked down, and he was doing 45. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, so the problem with operation, and I know this from the police yeah. here, so they have to get what's called a DRE, a drug recognizance expert, to come in. Drug and, re- yeah, drug recognizance, drug recognition. Drug, re- whatever you want. Yeah. 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 DRE. One of those, yeah, DRE. Which right now is being, uh, it's held up in court. Right. DREs, yeah. a lot of judges don't, that's, what, that's the point I was getting to. A yeah. lot of judges don't recognize DREs. So somebody who's but a, true- a DRE can't do anything because you got to go on the alcohol test first. If you have one, if, if you come up 0.01 for alcohol, you can't go to the DRE because you have, you have alcohol in your system, present really? alcohol in your system. So now a DRE is null and void at that point. So they got to come up, they got to come up with a better system to test for driving while impaired. Cause well, we have children yep. and that's my concern. Uh-huh. We have children that, that yep. are soon going to be driving age before we know it. Yep. And that's, that's a concern of mine. And I don't want to see them. I know there's there's prototypes out there that they can test if you've been high in the past couple hours, yeah. but there needs to be case law. And and we spoke about this in the first episode where they sort of put the cart before the horse. But you had said something, I remember this, where they have to put it in play and then figure it out. Unfortunately, yes. And so right now they're going through it with, in workplaces, right? Because cannabis is legal. And if it's your medication, if you know, if you decide to go on your lunch break and have a couple of shots... And you're not impaired, but you had a couple of shots. Should you be fired? Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yes. But some for some people, and I'm going to rebut because it's not the way I roll, but for some people, their job is to go and have lunch with someone. Oh, you're ordering wine? I'll order wine with you. because Business meetings. Business meetings, right? That's how they are conducted. That's how they're. So now you, your business is cannabis, right? And you smoke with someone. When you go back to your work, like... Can you do, still do your job safely? Well, most pl- most places and most things, yes, unless you're driving a pitchfork, unless you're... It's it's not an argument that I... I, 
I'm not being an adversarial yep. to you, but if, no, I, no. if I'm a swimming pool salesman and I'm sw- I'm selling a swimming pool to somebody, I don't have to take a swim in their backyard in order to sell them the swimming pool. There, there is a certain business decorum, and if cannabis is the business that I think it is, yeah, a business meeting should be a business meeting. It shouldn't be. I'm gonna even even with the alcohol, it's the same thing. A business meeting should be a business meeting. But that's how you conduct your life, and that's not how a, a lot of people conduct their lives. And, and an alcohol salesman may go to a place and say, "Here, you know." Try our tequila, yeah. As opposed to this tequila, a hundred percent samples. Sip, yeah, yeah. Samples. They send they send the cute girls with the skimpy outfits and like, here you go, try our like, you know. I've never seen them before. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's the same. I mean, think about all the sales reps for pharmaceuticals. They were all hot babes that got their way into a doctor's. Yeah, office. Yeah, but they're not doing the pharmaceuticals that they're pushing. You follow me? So if you uh, mm. uh, somebody who's truly in the wine industry, yeah, take yeah. the wine industry. Somebody who is a wine taster. That's all they do. They never swallow the wine ever because in my mind, business is business. Pleasure is pleasure. If you want to, after hours, get together with them and sample product or whatever, that's, that's a different story, but business, it doesn't allow for a clear head. See, and it's funny because now that I microdose, I'm going to disagree with you because it actually allows for a deeper conversation and it allows for. Well, we've, a, we've run into this before with yes, somebody else yes. where they were micro, well, they were macro dosing, but they became incoherent. They really did. And they thought they were being coherent. Yep. Like when you're, when you're drunk. You think you're making tons of sense, but if you ever played a recording of it, you're like, oh my God. But, uh, are you talking about someone we had here? Yes. Or not here, but yeah. yes. 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 Hysterical. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was very funny. But uh, again, it's, it's just one of those things where I, I may not agree with you on yep. it. I take everything you say. And I know I, I'm a realist. I do know certain business meetings. They, they take place yep. over, over liquor. I yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I it's, mean, it, even like they say most business deals are made on a golf course. A hundred percent. So what do they do? They go out, they play golf and they drink and the, the deal is settled. You may not be working at that point. You're still a representative of your company and you're having alcohol. A hundred percent. And that's why a lot of women aren't involved in a lot of business deals because they don't get involved, invited to those golf outings. Sorry, I had to throw that dig in there because you're, you're not Because women golfers are awful. No. <laughs> well, a friend of mine once said, he, uh, you know, I got a nice set of golf clubs for my wife. And I said, hey, good trade. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a joke. I'm kidding. I don't want to piss off. But, well, I think there. I think that's a good trade. <laughs> but the, so again, that's my idea of business. And when yep. I go into a business meeting, I always like having a clear head. We've had issues on not issues, but we've had invitations to have number one. I don't drink, but um, to for to drink during one of these shows, I, I can't do it because yep. I need to remain sharp. Yeah. So uh, you know, did I? consume before i walked in here no because a i have to drive my car home mm-hmm. so that's called responsibility it is i i actually will tell you a funny story i'm going to out myself i sometimes will microdose during the day mm-hmm. because that's my time like to uh, i use it as a form of physical therapy i use it as a form of like cognitive like it tickles your brain it, it helps with creativity it really for me it works that way and one day I have everything done. Like I am like golden. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to smoke a little bit. And I do. And my kid calls from school. So you don't do Mom, the, you got to come pick me up. Yes. You don't mm-hmm. do the edible. I don't. I don't do the edible because I like flour. I know the onset of flour. Flour is? Flour is smoking like the, the traditional um, plant, the okay. plant itself. And the onset is like 10, 15 minutes. I know how long it's going to last. I know... I know how it feels. Um, we had a friend of ours that had a really bad experience with it. I was just yes. going to say that. We have, we yes. have a mutual friend. who. Yes. Uh, we had a friend. We're and wait, waiting why for don't the you tell that. Why don't you yeah. tell that story? But I'll tell you my story. So I had to go and knock on someone's door and say, this is what I did. And I need you to drive to pick up my kid. So in why all- did I do that? Because I am trying to. Uh, live my life according to like my responsibility, you know, just because like, it's legal doesn't mean it's the wild west uh, uh, for some people. It, it does for other people like myself. I try to stay within a lane. You know, th- that's one of my concerns too, is these people, like you said, the wild west, they're, they're going to say, Oh, it's legal. It's overindulged. Like people do with alcohol now. And here's you know, the alcohol is legal. So they go out, they get drunk, they get in their car and they drive. Now that, now that, you know, cannabis is legal. What's to stop them from 
over smoking all the overindulging, getting in their and car and going somewhere. The scary part: the edibles are what jack most people because when you take flour, for example, you feel it instantly. When you take a concentrate, when you take an edible. You don't know your friend just the story you just told. You don't know how long before the onset. I had a friend of mine who decided he was going to try it. He did. Didn't listen to the advice of the wellness associate. Jackass tripled the dosage because it wasn't coming on fast enough, strong enough. And I get a call. I get a call from his panicky wife who's like, oh, my God, what's happening? I get a call from him going, Dude, (laughs) I'm like, you know, I thought you would know better. And all I did was, and this is the beauty of, of cannabis versus alcohol with alcohol. Once a person is so drunk, you can't, I I was a a bartender. You can't pull them back. Like you, you just can't with cannabis. They go to a certain point and then you you see it. You literally see the high coming down. I put this gentleman in the chair. I, got him comfortable. And I literally had my hand on his shoulder going, you're just an asshole. You're just an asshole. <laughs> so I know so, a little, so you put him in a timeout. I did. There and you, you know what? The next no, day he called and thanked me. And I said, what did you learn? He said, I learned I'm an asshole. That's right. Cause when someone tells you to only take this much, listen to them because they have your best interest. And that's where, you know, education is the number one tool that I, I can offer the world is how long will gummies I just did a social experiment with uh, a, a group where they've all b- tried gummies and they were like, oh, my God, I was jacked for hours. And oh, my God. Well, now you've had a negative experience with cannabis. Do you have any placebo gummies? So, <laughs> yeah, I should try that, actually. And people. So instead, I brought flour. They had immediate reaction immediate feeling and they were like oh well this 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 one person you're talking about i i have some extra information on that one because i did speak to them and so they're they're again a jackass so they thought (laughs) they didn't know that edibles take a, a a period of time to hit so they just kept taking and taking and taking and so that that's the issue and then when it hit it's like whoa and that's an issue that like more information needs to be given out to the public on how long, and this is one of my roles used to be, and I still do it, is the education portion. How long will an edible take? You know, because to your point, you take it and 45 minutes later, nothing. So you take another one. And just as you're taking the the second dose, which you can't undo, bam, it hits you. And now but you're jacked. Isn't that specific to each person though yes and it, that's the problem you know, it's like too. having a beer somebody may get drunk off of two beers someone may get drunk off of five beers but unless you've done it before and most people and, and it not only can it uh, be be per person but what did you eat that day because it's going through your digestive tract so what did you eat that day how fast is it going to hit you ha- have you had any food you know um that also has to do with it do you understand what you're taking and the dosage you know behind it People need to ask more questions instead of because it's so new that I think everyone's running out and and edibles just sounds easier because they don't have to worry about the smell and their neighbors won't know. But then once you're committed, you're committed for hours, (laughs) hours. So this new law that's come in there, this new cannabis law, what as you from somebody who's inside the industry, what are some of the. The, the sufferings of of the business owners who are in there. Like there, there's got to be, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Oh no. Oh no. So I'll tell you uh, to your point, the big companies are coming in. They have the capital, they have the resources. They understand how to build the infrastructure because they, you know, something goes wrong. They have more money to pull on small time. People think it's a gold rush. They really do. They, they hear cannabis. They think like, oh my God, I'm going to mortgage my house. I'm going to open a cultivation site. I'm going to sell weed. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Have you ever sold weed before? That's why we're trying to pull in the legacy market because they actually understand the product. Well, that's what Kevin said though. It's really taken away from the mom and pop market already. It, it, in, in a lot of cases it has. And, and we're trying to, in New Jersey, we're trying to make sure that those people have an entry point. We're trying to make sure that they have, you know. Are you going to be stuck working in a factory in one of these larger grow houses just because you want to get involved in, in the, 
the weed industry. And you might. And some people love that. I mean, some people love going in, doing the same thing every day and it soothes their soul and it just they know what's expected of them. And that's OK. You know, people worked factories years ago and, and didn't mind. It's the it's for people who wanted to self-develop, like, you know, how can they, how can they learn within the industry? How can they develop themselves? I'll, I'll tell you, I just finished sending off um, to a college um, a curriculum on cannabis because there's so many ancillary opportunities, meaning like you do packaging, you know, someone printed this up for you. Like this is needed in cannabis. You know, someone made your T-shirt. That's needed in cannabis. Like there's so many ancillary uh, ways to get involved there's, as well. There's a lot of marijuana T-shirts out there that I see. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but you know. Like, yeah, where's our higher high T-shirts? Oh, I know. I know. I have to actually make more. <laughs> it's one of the things of a, to your point of like a small business owner is not having the resources or capital to be like, here's my marketing team. They're going to they're gonna get this on the line for me. Everything is me, myself, and I. You know, I, I kind of like the legacy idea mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm sure in gets, law enforcement... It gets drug dealers off the streets. It's really... It it's gets that, them off the street. It gives them a, a, a viable job. Correct. Yep. And, but now they got to pay taxes. In your, in your career in law enforcement, have you ever gone into like a, a weed grow house? No. I mean, these guys are, they're meticulous in what they do. They, with the lights and they know when and they got sprinkler systems on them. I mean, these guys are good. They are. And, and you know, that's a skill set. That's yeah. a skill set. And instead of punishing, because that was for years, now you take them and you say, you know what? We want you to teach the next generation and potentially grow some generational wealth instead of incarceration, generational wealth, you know, um, just we're trying to break the system that kept a people down to your point. It was looked at as a very easy way to keep black, brown people down. It was because well, if you pro, you know, white, white dudes were worried about the alcohol. They had their alcohol. It was the black, brown people. It was part of their culture. It was part of, you know, medicinally they used it. Well, that filtered, they that filtered down. We yep. just, we had a gentleman in here. His name's Seth Ferranti. Um, he, he wrote and produced, the documentary for Netflix called White Boy, White Boy. about Rick Wersch, who was the drug kingpin of Detroit. Um, now, Seth was the LSD kingpin of the country. He sold a lot of LSD, but he was also a big weed weed seller. But he was trying to make money to buy the weed because in order to get the good stuff, it was only sold, it was only grown or harvested in the fall. It was a whole thing to it. So he was caught with no drugs. There was a lot of LSD out there and it was all his and he admits yep. it. He got a 25 year sentence. He did 21 years of it as a first time nonviolent offender. Now, conversely to that, there's a guy who shot at me, tried to kill me with a gun. It was it was a legally owned gun, but he 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 I think he was they were in the process of trying to take it away from him. He got 6 years. He did 4. So Seth did 21 years for not getting caught with one drug as a first time nonviolent offender. A guy who tries to kill a cop gets six years, does four. So if I shoot at you, I could be out in four years. Yeah, go ahead. Give it a shot, man. Might be worth it. I'll say I didn't see anything. Exactly. (laughs) Diana's going to come in and be my co-host. So, you know, that system, that system is broken, but it's, but it, it did change. So what Seth had told us is, is the inner cities, they were cracking down on minorities and the, the judicial system said, well, this is a little racist. So then they started going after the white guys and the white guys got incredibly. So it, it kind of evened itself out a little bit. The white guys got incredibly heavy sentences, heavy. They did pay the price for, for what you're talking about. And it did happen to yep. some extent. So the, the industry is changing a little bit. Is there any downsides to that you have seen so far to the legalization? Uh, not yet. I think, you know, we're coming out of a stigma, stigmatized market. So there's, you know, conversations that are starting to be had. Um, I think if you're in the industry like I am and have been for years, then sometimes people like just assume that like ah, she's a stoner. No, you know, I was going to say, do you get those looks like from around town? Like oh, that's, that's the weed girl, dude, I, like not even funny, but like when I first, cause I announced to the world everything. Cause I'm just like an asshole that way. And so when I, and I get passionate about stuff and I, and I want to like share the information that I'm learning. So when I first announced, yes, there was a lot of judging and 
I can't make brownies and bring them to any social event without people just like Diana, give me your brownies, give me your brownies. Yes, Diana, I you do the signs. <laughs> you write up the signs of how much it costs. Do you want me to we'll bring food? To no, it. thanks. Yeah, but and it was funny because I either got such utter disappointment, like where I was like, dude, I'm sorry, they're mm. just brownies, or the like. She brought brownies. I'm like, they're just brownies. Like, and you see really- the one guy in the corner scoffing down the brownies. But <laughs> yeah. th- there is one con that I, or actually this is a pro to the legalization. This is a pro. So our good friend, Charlie Cifarelli, you see his book there, 14th and 2nd. He just published that. His, um, uh, he, has, he has a friend that was sold some illegal mm-hmm. weed on the street that was laced. Yep. And put them in the hospital. Yep. So the pro of the legalization is, is that's gone, but is it cutting out the, I mean, you could probably buy, I don't even know what weed goes for on the street anymore. Illegal weed is always going to be much cheaper than legal weed. Is it cutting out the poorer sections? Like, Hey, weed is no longer in, it's, it's not for poor people anymore. It's for only for rich people. Well, you're going to have, you're definitely going to have that. You're definitely going to have where certain people, and this is one of the things that like in, in California, for example, they started taxing it. They were to your point, like the politicians were like, yeah, we can make money on this. People are like coming in droves. Tourism picked up because people from other States were coming in. They started jacking up the taxes where the people who wanted to, buy from a dispensary could no longer afford it, you know? And especially if you take a patient who like now relies on their medicine. So they went back to the legacy market. I was going to say, I don't think you'll ever get rid of the street dealer. The legacy market, meaning the illegal illegal, drug. The illegal illegal, drug. Yes, yes, yes. You know, um, and again, it was called the black market, but because we're, we're trying to undo the social equity portion, it's been renamed the legacy market. Um, To give, yeah. Drug dealers even get their own Oh, you know protected what? class. But here's, you, okay, so we just had this conversation. You're calling them drug dealers. And yes, they, they dealt in drugs, but it's what they knew. It's what they're good at. It's now a skill set that's looked for. Um, and they were, you know, they took the risk. They took the risk to keep this plant going. And now it's like, okay, let's not call them the black market anymore. Because there w- there is a negative connotation. Like I see both sides to it, and let's call it legacy. Let's let's call it like this way. Maybe we'll we could invite them into the table, you know, and have but a again, legit business. But, I mean, you could pick their brain and figure out how to do it. But they were drug dealers. It, it, call it what you want. Call it black market. Call it pink market. They were drug dealers. Yes, they were. They were doing something illegal you're you're not wrong technically they were but why was the plant um pro, pro uh, prohibition against in the first place well they like it's a complicated story because they're not like, selling just weed for the, the, most of them not all of them most of them were selling whatever they could get their hands on and they're cutting the hell out of it they're getting a the mexican no, brick stuff. no and there's there's and no i have to disagree with you because there's a lot that are just they all they they're so passionate about the flower they and the plant that that's all they're selling is because they take great pride in having the best product out there. They take pride in, you know, so it's not, you can't broad brush everyone that way because there are people in the legacy market who are trusted within their community because you know what? They've never sold anything laced. So their community, this is why we want them in the legit market. Their community already trusts them. What about, Johnny, who used to sell on the sell lids on the street corner, who was it was garbage weed. Is he somebody that they're looking for? No, um, or he's a bottom tier. He's he's you know like with anything else, yeah. it's like your product speaks for itself, right? right. Like so, you're going to be weeded out if you don't bring quality product. And some people <laughs> they're going to weed out the good ones. <laughs> but of a percentage, how many how many legacy dealers? Yep. How many of them do you think would be worthy to to get a top position in worthy the new market. And, and willing because now they're not going to make the same money going legit as they did government's going to take 30 some percent yeah exactly well some of them are willing to take that because they realize that they don't want to fall under the, that umbrella anymore and now this product that they're so passionate about they have the opportunity to sell legitimately and they're going after licenses you know and they're actually being put ahead of on the line, like in New Jersey, if you went to prison um, and New York 
if you went to prison for cannabis, you're actually like deemed more worthy because it, it it's crazy that prohibition ever happened against cannabis. It's like if you look at the history of why it was, you know, criminalized, it, it it's insanity. I mean, like Kevin talked about that on our first episode. I mean, that 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 what 1938 that was a total absolute racist farce. Correct. Yes. The reason they yeah. illegalize it, but regardless of why it was illegalized, it was illegal. I, I, I get it. It was illegal. I get it. You're a cop and I to- or an ex-cop and I totally understand that because I want to run down the street with naked. Okay, but that oh. that is that is frowned upon. Give me is, a warning first. Ask you not to. That is frowned <laughs> upon yeah. in current society. As a matter of fact, it's illegal because you're exposing yourself to minors and stuff like now, that. Now in 25 years from now, if they say it's okay to go outside naked, I'm a legacy streaker. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, now you take that same streaking and you take it to the south of France, where naked beaches, and it's just a naked body. And hairy women. It's, no, <laughs> it's just a, a naked body. That's all. Like, you know, in your head. But it's illegal. It's, it, my point, where yes. I was going with that is, I don't do it because it's illegal. And there's a lot of stuff yep. I don't do because it's illegal. Not because I think it's harmful. Not because I think it's bad. Because it's illegal. And listen, I'm not advocating streaking. But, like, <laughs> think about, you're born naked, right? And then one day, I was fully some, clothed yeah, <laughs> when I was born. So, somewhere along civilization, they decided, you know what? You got to cover that junk up. You got to cover this up. You got to cover up that. Why do you have nipples and your nipples can show? My nipples can't show. Like, you ever think about that? Like, I, I have nipples. Can you milk me? Uh, apparently, you just don't try hard enough. Okay. Yeah, right. that's a new. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Mike, we're going to work on that. Here, here we go. Here comes, here comes another theory. Of it. We're gonna uh, you know what? I want to test it. I actually, so that is apparently. Can we that... turn off the cameras for a minute, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> Not here now. But but could you imagine like uh, like humanity if men could aid in that? Let me tell you, as someone who breastfed. I am all. I accuse Bob. Yeah. Of refusing to help. I accused him I irrationally. Am, I am all for breaking that stigma. Hey, you want to go to the beach and just a bottom? Go yeah. do your thing. But but I'm you good. just said it. Why just a bottom? Like in some for some people, bottoms yeah. are optional too. Again, I'm not. Hey, if you one want of your the... cuckoo hanging out, I'm good. <laughs> go to go to Sandy Hook. Is that is that they got a nude beach down there? It's not the south of France. So no. did, no. did you ever go down to Sandy Hook? I did as a teenager, and the guard actually warned us. My girlfriend and I went and we were like, oh, let's go see. And he stopped us and he goes, girls, it's not the south of France. And They're, it's not. Well, they, they have volleyball nets set up. <laughs> and there's people playing volleyball <laughs> who should not be naked. It is. So you play volleyball down there? <laughs> well, I'm half Irish. Nothing nothing flapped when I was jumping up to get the ball. But it, I mean, it, it's something you should see. Uh, you know, I, I the one thing I do know about nude beaches is most people who go to nude beaches should not go to nude beaches. You know, you follow me? Yeah. It's not something you want to see. But your your new company, yes, higher high, yes. I want to I want to get into that because okay. you're an advocate and you're I a am. brand manager. And I, I read am. I read your I read the profile okay. and I, I I know well I know you. Let's yeah, yeah. let's yeah, yeah. know each other. Um, how are you advocating? How are you advocating for the cannabis industry? So one of my biggest things, first off, I want to I want to give myself little props because I love the name that I chose because my stoner friends think it has to do with weed and getting high. So they're all for it. They're like, yeah, higher high. It actually is a financial term, which means you get a higher return on your investment. So, Google it and you'll see. I'm, t- I'm serious. Google higher high yes. and it's all financial stuff. It is all financial. Because that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I was yeah. For, I was yeah, yeah. For that's why the arrow, the uh, financial. The arrow is like, yes. you know, the, yeah, the stock market the stock arrow. Stock market arrow. Exactly. So I like to say that when you hire me, you get a higher return on your investment. Just because I was raised to be a hard worker and like, you know, um, if I use your bathroom, I'm going to clean it like on my way out just because it's it's instilled in me. Leave a place nicer than you found it. So I started my firm a year ago this summer. Um, and you are the CEO. I am the CEO and founder. Um, and it's really funny because I was I'm first generation here in America. I'm the first one in my family to go to college. I'm the first for so many things. And I've had to rework my brain to not be an employee to be an entrepreneur. And it's a real hard shift because when you're an employee, your mindset is one way. When you're your own boss, 
you realize that like you have to bring opportunity and any opportunity is within your reach if you work hard enough. But being an employee, being a, a boss. is ha- exhausting. Ha- having, yeah, but having been a prior employee, you could see where their the holes are. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where, where the 100%. holes are. But you are the reason, Diana McElroy, you are the reason why for all of our faults in America, America is the greatest country in the world. And I am Thank a you. firm believer in that. And you prove that point. You are first generation American. All right. You are a female owned business. You take you took the bull by the horns and you started this scary venture. You're going to make me cry. It's the truth. And (laughs) that is. Listen, I'll bring it right back. Don't you worry about it. I am. I'm gearing up. So convinced, especially now, I've, I've always been convinced. This is why America is the greatest country in the world, because you took that opportunity. You seized it. And I know you're doing great things because I do follow you. Yep. I follow all the stuff that you do. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring education. I'm trying to bring enlightenment. I'm trying to bring opportunity. I'm trying to bring people to the conversation that like normally wouldn't talk about cannabis. You know, that's that's my mission within Higher High is just there's opportunities to be had. Let's have an honest conversation on the opportunities because to my point before, you know, people hear green rush and they think they're going to be growing money off of trees. No, it's hard. Like you have to figure out your, your angle within this industry, you know? And once again, it's, I feel like black and brown people are taken advantage of because they're like, Oh, weed. No, 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 no. Don't do not mortgage your house. Do not think, you know, it takes $2 million to open a dispensary. Like, do you really have that capital? Do you really have what are you already doing? Pivot what you're doing already. You use gold rush as a term. Yeah. So in the 49 gold, 1849 gold rush out in San Francisco, do you know at Sutter's, Sutter's Farm? What, yeah. Do you know who made the most money during that gold rush? Probably the people selling lumber. People selling dry goods. Oh, yeah. Dry goods, pans, shovels, and food. Yeah. Did you ever watch what, uh, Deadwood? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was the people sustaining the town of people going out to explore for Absolutely. the gold. Yes. Absolutely. 110%. There that- was, there was one guy and I can't remember his name. His name escapes me, but the one guy he, he found or he heard that gold was, and he got it out in the newspapers. And before yep. he let it out, he bought all the supplies and opened up his own general store. He made the most money. So opportunity in the cannabis business is not necessarily selling the plant, the no. flower, or the product. Do you know who made the most money right off the bat? Real estate agents. For shops? For everything. Yeah. For everything. They understand if you're a real estate agent or or were, because now it's like the opportunities are, are shrinking, though there still are a lot of municipalities that have opted out, a lot of municipalities. If you understand what where a good location is for a cultivation site or a dispensary, and you have the capital behind you, you are buying up those spots and you're holding on to them because the value is just going to, you know, I, I, I heard a quote that most. Um, Was it the producers of podcasts make more money than the podcasters? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> Andrew drives yeah. a bigger car than I do. It's, I yeah. it's the service industry. It is. It is. It is. It's, you know, it's like they, if, if I had known, if I could rewind, if I had known you know, 20 years ago that cannabis and I had a crystal ball, I would have bought up certain buildings because now I understand which buildings work best. You had to go through the suffering of the entry level into the cannabis business to learn what you know now. And now you're in a position to pass that information on to others. Not only that, but I also um, tutor them in don't let anyone tell you just because you don't have cannabis experience in most like I didn't have cannabis experience. So I was told that like your value is very low because you don't have cannabis experience. I built an entire department in New Jersey and the industry watched me build it. But yet I had no cannabis experience because I'm not stupid. I learned what I needed to learn. You know, like I took information. I stayed up at night. I, I read every article that I could and I still consume every article I can just to understand if I see that there's a podcast or a webinar on cannabis, I'm on it because there might be one word that I didn't have in my repertoire, you know, but I mean, I could go for almost any business. Like Kevin was talking, he was in car sales before, yeah. you know, and sucked at it. Apparently <laughs> I was actually quite good at it. That's why he's not here. That's why he's not yeah. doing it. No, but you, you got to learn all about those cars in order to yeah. sell them. 
Yes. And, and all if about. You're, if you're good at, if you're really passionate and good at and going to be good and at And all it. about the other brands of cars that are similar to that. So you For could comparison. refute anything. Yep. Yeah. And that yep. they, were the success, they were the successful ones. And car sales, much like the cannabis industry, you're going to get some people in there and they're going to try to wing it. Yep. And they're going to fail. Yeah. Or you can be a true professional like you are. You can be a true professional, consume all that information and become educated. Somebody once told me, and this was one of my favorite quotes is, if you're not reading about your industry every single day, then you're not a true professional. A hundred percent because then, or you're not passionate about it. Like you have no passion, you know? Um, That's where I think I came in and I fully own this. I came in seeing a potential for a new industry and then I became passionate. The more I learned about it, the more I was like, wow, it's really helping people. Like, wow, you know, that that child that suffers from cancer, like it's it's actually a medication that's working. So I became like an, an advocate on my own through, you know, my own. I exposed myself to it. And then the world brought me like evidence, you know, um, information. Uh, and I try to, I try to project that back out to the world. So one, one word I want to bring up and I, this can't be a long discussion, but I just need to hear. Okay. Gateway. Um, cause everybody says it. Marijuana is the gateway so for me, drug. To, I just said it. It was the gateway to smoking cigarettes. Um, no, no. <laughs> is, is it a gateway to, you know, stronger drugs? Whether if I get whether, high um, from this, can I get higher from something no. else? And, and that's where I, I 100%, it's actually used to get people off of opioids. It's actually used to get people off of addiction of like much stronger drugs because it takes the edge off and it just allows your body. Listen, cannabis is a natural plant. In its natural form, it is a plant. We have every every uh, mammal has an endocannabinoid system, which was just discovered like 20 years ago. And cannabinoids. Can- that doesn't sound like a right. That sounds dirty. That's, no. a, that's a Polish word she just made up. <laughs> I, kicked, I kicked him right in the cannabinoids. <laughs> and that's what uh, cannabis has cannabinoids. And so it's like a lock and key mechanism where you, you, if you smoke cannabis, it just unlocks. Th- that's why I've, I personally have benefited so much from it. You know, like physically, if I. I can't even tell you, you know, you start, I'm turning 50 this year. Things are just a little bit like, ow, ow, creakier. Been there, done it. Yeah. Well. 56 now. But I could drop it like I'm 20 because of cannabis. And I mean that, like, because of cannabis, like I am able to maintain a healthier lifestyle, you know, weight loss, cannabis. There's a study coming out that. Cannabis can help with weight loss. So then the, munch, the munchies is a different, I mean, that's, that's a, a different strain. That, that's, that's a, a different yeah. strain. And you, it is, it is a dosing journey. Like I will not lie. There are some strains that I do find myself a little bit more peckish, but I'm also very disciplined. So I will set myself up for success in the house and be like, you know what? I'm not going to keep the ooey gooey cake. that Doritos. Just get the Doritos out. Oh, see, no. See, that's where you do- make the money in the cannabis industry is selling Doritos. <laughs> Diana, where can we Buy where stock in Doritos. Yes. Lays. Where can we find you? You could find me on LinkedIn under okay. the Diana McElroy. Uh, LinkedIn, by the way, for anyone looking to get into cannabis, I always tell people that is where the adults are because it, it is cannabis friendly. So that's where you could network with people. Um, Instagram is great, but it's really... Showing pictures of how much you're smoking. Yes. But yes. Link- LinkedIn isn't really like a, a social media thing, you know, like Instagram is social media. And LinkedIn was started as a business. Yeah. It is. It's a business. It's a form. business networking. It is a business networking, but in cannabis, it's not. In cannabis, we've kind of taken it over as it's social media. It's educational. It's um, informative. It You know, people put out. That's where I did a lot of my education came from is someone would post an article. Or a study or, you know, a paper on cannabis. And I was like absorbing it. And I learned which people to follow because they were putting out relevant information. So, um, so LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, the, is where it, we, we LinkedIn or higher underscore high underscore Diana is on Instagram. If you want to follow, well, we'll you know. put, we'll put those links in yep. our show notes. Perfect. You know, Diana, we're coming to the end of this thing. Yep. And, and we always like to find out what you're suffering within the cannabis industry has taught you. Oh boy, it's not to undervalue myself ever again, um, which I did because I didn't have cannabis experience. And 
I will say cannabis has been the only industry where I was written up for asking too many questions because, and I bowed down to misogyny and I wish I hadn't. So that was my biggest suffering. I was going to say that that's going to be tough. Is the, is it primarily male dominated field? Very much so. Very much so. And I so you had to run into that and fight that, fight that. Jump that and, hurdle. and you know, and it's funny because I undervalued myself and I kept my, myself smaller because I wanted to be in the industry so bad and I no longer do. And now I have a voice and I very much use it. Yeah. I, I think the reason you did that and I'll go back to it is your Polish background. Yeah. Polish people are the strongest people I've ever met. In my life. We're stubborn as anything. We're stubborn as anything. I've been putski. Yeah. Remember Polish power? Oh, Polish power. Absolutely. Polish power. used to come up yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. it is. Diana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank again. you so much for inviting me. I really do appreciate all the discussions we have are, are amazing. Well, we, the, Diana I mean, and I talk on the phone and we, it's always a, it, it's like if, Picasso made a painting of a conversation and that's the conversation between Diana and I. It's everywhere. Yes, it's it everywhere. is. It is. But we're, because we're not afraid to touch on any subject. No, but, and, yeah. and that's what, I, I mean, it's enlightening. You yes. know, you're, you're telling, talking to two former cops telling us how good cannabis could be for you. When yep. you and thank you for being butter. open to the conversation oh, because that's part of the taking away the stigma. And well, yeah. that, that's the problem with the country now is everybody's set in their own way and they don't want to hear oh, anybody else's. We opinion. have to learn yeah. how to disagree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the European in me likes those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing where you're going to go in the future. Um, because if cannabis is here now, I mean, look at all the other things that ca- the jumping off point. I know uh, one of the foundations we work with, the ASM foundation is using uh, microdoses of psilocybin yeah. for combating PTS with regrowing synapses. You got ayahuasca, you got ibogaine, you got ketamine shots. All these previously scheduled two narcotics are coming back into play and showing some benefits. So I'm looking forward to where the cannabis industry is going. Same. All right. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast. But before we go, we always think about what we learned today. You find a career in the strangest place. Overindulgence is still overindulgence. Education will erase a stigma. Don't undervalue yourself, but most importantly, take the bull by the horns. That's going to do it for this episode of The Suffering Podcast, The Suffering of Cannabis with Diana McElroy. Follow uh, Mike on Instagram at Mike underscore Felace. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. Of course, follow The Suffering Podcast. And we're going to see you on the next episode of The Suffering Podcast. <laughs>